Good evening. I hope everybody's doing well on this wonderful and beautiful Wednesday day. And I uh, hope everybody had a wonderful and blessed day. And uh, I know uh, at least some of the teachers and and uh, structural assistants had uh, yesterday off because of the weather. I got a two-hour delay today, and I know they were very happy. And uh, unfortunately, it's business as usual tomorrow. So, but hey, at least you got an extra day off that you wasn't planning on. And uh, uh, so, I hope everybody is uh, staying warm. I tell you what, it has been cold. I hope you uh, winter lovers are ecstatic because I hate it. <laughs> So, but I'm very weird though, because I, which, you know, that goes without saying, but I, uh, I, I hate cold, but I love snow. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, uh, but, uh, I do, I, I like the snow, but I hate the cold. So, um, uh, I, I don't care for it to snow as long as it could be 80 degrees the next day. Doesn't happen, but you know, you'd always wish so. But, uh, but anyway, at least it's good old hump day. You only got a few more days to the weekend, and uh, so at least you got that to look forward to, and uh, just a couple more weeks to Christmas. Hard to believe. It's just uh, uh, we're right here at the very first of December. Here in just a, two or three weeks, we're going to be uh, in the throes of Christmas, so uh, just don't seem possible. I just don't see where all the time is gone. It just, I really don't. It just, uh, I just feel like we just literally finished up with Christmas. I don't know if this COVID thing's messed with our time, uh, or, or what. It just, I don't know. It just seems weird. It's like it just, we just had a time jump and we're right here again. So, ready or not, it is here. So, let's go ahead and look at our, uh, uh, Bible verse this morning, uh, this morning. So, he's doing morning devotions. Our Bible, uh, our opening scripture this evening, uh, we'll look at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. So I apologize. I'm all, uh, I, um, when I'm making these flags and, and staining and painting and polyurethaning, uh, I, I think it's messing with my brain. I, I can't think clear. In fact, yeah, the, uh, the fumes were so strong earlier, I was, I was really getting disoriented. I had to go outside and get some air. I was really getting kind of sick, so... So I might have killed off a few brain cells that were much needed. Uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So... Praise the Lord for his good word. And again, that's Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 that we just read. Um, and this time, I want to read some prayer requests. And these are uh, from uh, Sunday morning. But now, if you have any prayer concerns, feel free to put those in the comments. And uh, if I don't get to those in, uh, before I go to prayer, just, hey, we can all come together and pray together. Now, realize something here. I, uh, and I, uh, I know I sound like a broken record sometimes. Uh the only way I want to see your comments is if if you are on my specific page. If you're on the church page, if you're on my Fighting for Traditional American Values page, if you're on the uh, Dr. Matthias Young page, I'm not going to see it because uh, or particularly on the FLBC online page, I won't see it. I'm sorry. I um because I, I went back here a few days ago and I'll see I had these notifications. 
And there's all these comments. I was like, oh no. <laughs> so I, so it's not that I'm ignoring you, but unless you are specifically on my personal page that uh, this is streaming out to, uh, I won't see your comments. So I apologize, not being uh, rude if I don't uh, respond, but I keep responding if I don't see it. So uh, that's why I want to throw that out there so that you un do understand that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, our prayer requests that we have are as follows. Uh, Kim Penix. Murph, uh, Mr. Roger Winters, uh, Jane Kitchings, Joe Franklin, Wendy Lee, Richard Campbell and his dad, uh, Johnny and Nora, uh, Wright, uh, let's see here, Morris and Carolyn, Larky and Nancy, Chuck and PK, Glenn Johnson, Tracy Kent, Diane Black, Jackie and Rhonda, PT and Sherry, David Stennett, Pat Brown, Larry and Dinah, Kathy Young, Kirk Young, Donnie Cutshaw. So, and uh, I know uh, Richard Green, uh, he had on uh, Facebook earlier to be praying for his little dog that it, he had to take it to the vet to get some shots and not eating and uh, responding. And uh, so we'll be praying for, I told him we'd be praying for his, his little dog. And uh, uh, there was some individual, uh, there was an individual rather uh, that uh, had lost um, uh, his mother recently. I told him we'd be praying for him. And, uh, Another individual, uh, his brother-in-law, uh, recently passed away, and I told him we pray for his family as well. Um, there are several people I've seen that uh, are dealing with COVID-related issues. Uh, I told me we be praying for them as well. Uh, a lot of a lot of prayer requests, a lot of stuff going on right now. People are dealing with, battling with, with this physical, mental, emotional, uh, family-related uh, issues. So uh, you know, we got a lot of people in, in dire need of prayer right now. So well, let's go ahead and bow our heads and go for the Lord in prayer. So. Uh, dearly Father, Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful and blessed day that you have given us. Uh, Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness of sins. Uh, Lord, I do pray that uh, I just want to lift up each, one, each and every one of these prayer requests and concerns, uh, whether uh, mentioned or unmentioned. Lord, you know the, the thoughts, the needs, uh, the concerns of each and every person watching uh, this evening, and that will be done in each and every situation. Uh, Lord, those that I had uh, spoken with uh, earlier today that's dealing with loss, uh, Lord, I pray that you will give them strength during this very difficult time uh, and, uh, and peace that can only come from you, Lord Jesus. And uh, this is very, death is difficult, and particularly when it's unexpected. And Lord, just pray that you'll be with these individuals who are having to deal with this, uh, this heartbreak right now. And Lord, I do want to lift up our uh, sister in Christ, Kim Penix, and Wendy Lee. I pray you be with Roger Winters. Uh, Lord, I pray you be with David Stennett. I do pray, Lord Jesus, that you be with our brother in Christ, Ron Thompson. Uh, Lord, I pray that you be with uh, PK and Chuck uh, Richardson, uh, Nora and Johnny Wright. I do pray you be with PT and Sherry. Uh, Lord, I pray you be with uh, PK and Chuck Richardson. Uh, Lord, I pray that you be with Jane Kitchings and uh, Larry and Donna Knight. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you'll be with all those who are watching this evening, Lord, and I pray that you will uh, guide them, strengthen them as they're uh, watching, and help them with any needs that they're dealing with. And Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, appreciate you guys watching. Uh, uh, Stanton Taylor, good good cold evening. Good cold evening back to you, Mr. Trailer. And uh, Cheryl Humphrey said, good evening. Matt and Brandy, good evening. Uh, Miss Humphrey, so she is uh, our neighbor and uh, sweet lady, and glad she's watching this evening. But uh, I was trying to think of any um, 
announcements. Uh, as far as announcements go, um, of course, our Sunday morning service, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Uh, we are having, I have a lot of people asking, are you having a physical uh, church? Yes, we're having physical church. I know this COVID thing is uh, is really getting crazy right now. Uh, in fact, uh, they, I read another article where Tennessee is a real hot spot in the entire nation. Uh, so uh, we, we have regulated everyone to every other pew, uh, not you know, you still sit with your family, still sit with your friends, what have you. But, uh, you know, right now we have every other pew uh, uh, roped off. Uh, we encourage uh, that you do wear a face mask. You don't have to. We're not going to arrest you. We're not going to kick you out. We're not going to call the cops if you don't have one on. But we do highly encourage you uh, to wear one, whether you think they're effective or not. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of controversy controversy as to whether uh, they are effective and i tell you what it's, it's so frustrating uh, the talking heads uh, on uh, whether it's fox news whatever you know one group says they do work one group says they don't work it's i don't know i you know i, I think honestly if you just use common sense kind of keep your distance keep your hands washed watch what you're doing i think that's you know my own personal opinion but you know i have to wear uh, the shield or a mask or something because I do have a lot of uh, uh, upper respiratory issues. And, of course, my dad with his age and, and upper respiratory issues, he has to be very careful as well. So uh, keep that in mind. And uh, good, good evening, Mr. Floyd Rice. Glad you're watching. And uh, Miss Cheryl Humphrey said, pray for my sister's son-in-law. Passed last week with COVID, and he was only 37. Sorry to hear that, Cheryl. Really am. And uh, I will definitely um, uh, be praying uh, for uh, your sister and uh, and her family. Sorry to hear that. You know that's the weirdest thing. Uh, some people get COVID, and uh, it's hard to have any a symptom at all. You know, some might have a little bit of a loss of taste or smell or something. Hardly anything. And then you have some people that are healthy as a horse and drop dead within a couple of days. I mean, it's just really, I don't get it. It's really weird. I, I think there's different strains. I really do. I mean, you got people that over, it's like a hundred, like 97 years old and, you know, and they, they had no problems with COVID. So I don't know. I, and I still, and I, you know, I just have a hard time believing that all of a sudden January 1st, COVID shows up at our doorstep. I still think that I had it uh, back uh, around uh, Christmas this time last year. Because, uh, uh, oh, I could tell you, I could not breathe. I was suffocating in and out of the hospital trying to get air. Had temperature. Wasn't the flu. Wasn't pneumonia. And uh, and, and was uh, had every symptom that they uh, had, uh, had uh, on the checklist there. And I still think, because the doctors, they said, well, we're not real sure. Uh, and so I still think I, I had it. I really do. But I don't know. Uh, but anyway, um, it's, it is a serious, it is real, whether you want to believe it or not, it is real. It just right here is living proof. Miss Sherry, uh, has on here right now, a family member that, uh, that recently passed. So we guys, you gotta, gotta do have to take it a little bit seriously, but anyway, um, so yeah, we'll have our, uh, I want to teach Julie Lane. We'll have our regular services, 11 a.m., 12 p.m. Dr. Vic Young will be, uh, bringing the morning message and of course, Sunday evenings and Wednesday evenings uh, at uh, I'll do the the evening service and uh, so uh, uh, be sure to tune in for that. But uh, Sherry says that uh, uh, they told them that whatever your blood type is, is how to, I, no, I I read that too uh, somewhere that your blood type uh, your blood type 
uh, has a, an effect on uh, the severity of uh, the virus. I did read that. I don't know where I read that at, if it was on uh, Facebook or, or what uh, uh, could have been at One America or whatever the uh, news agency is, but uh, um, or Newsmax, I can't remember, but I did see something on that. I really did, so don't know. Well, uh, let's go ahead and, and look at our scripture this evening. Uh, our focus, uh, I was trying to debate what to uh, really um, uh, speak on tonight, and I had a couple of ideas, but I just didn't really have a real peace about it. And, I, and the more I prayed about it, I thought, you know, I had started studying. Um, I wanted to start our new uh, study in First Peter on Sunday evening. Uh, but Lord uh, laid on my heart to uh, share uh, some things in regards to the church since it was Founders Day, and uh, so I, I, I did that. But the more I thought about it, prayed about it today, I really felt like that uh, we need to go ahead and jump into First Peter, and really uh, these uh, verses 1 and 2 uh, are jam-packed with some good stuff that we really need to cover and study. It's, it's The topic in, at hand is something I feel like is need to be discussed, you know, if we wasn't uh, going to be doing a full study of First Peter anyway, I think it's something we need to look at. So if you have your Bibles handy, uh, again, we're going to look at First Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. So let's go ahead and read this, uh, if we may. And of course, uh, now I read from the English Standard Version, and uh, hello, uh, Mr. Debray. Uh, I read from the English Standard Version, and uh, now, you know, uh, the reason why I do that, now I'm Normally, I preach out of uh, King James Version. That's what Dad does. And, and Dad has his reasons. My, my main reason, I do like King James, but uh, most people, that's what they grew up with. That's what they're used to. But uh, personally, I like the English Standard Version just because it's easier to understand. It's one of the most accurate translations you can actually uh, get. And uh, for the sake of the study, I just think it. Uh, I think I think it's better uh, because... Um, and when you're looking at King James, I don't want, you know, my point is not to uh, retranslate King James from the theeth and the thouth. The point is to get to the heart of the message and what these verses mean. And that's what's important. And that's why I feel like that uh, that we should, that I feel led to use the English standard. So a little brief explanation as to why, in case you're wondering. But anyway, First uh, Peter uh, chapter 1. Uh, verses 1 or 2, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispers... Dis <laughs> can't read today. Uh, let's do that again. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Get out here in a second. According to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, and the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for the sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. All right, let's go ahead and have a quick word of prayer. Therefore, Lord, again, we come before you. And Lord, thank you so much for this evening. And Lord, thank you for this uh, another opportunity to spread the gospel message. And Lord, be with us. Uh, Lord, lead us and guide us and direct us in your word. Lord, I pray that you will fill this little office with your spirit. Every individual that's watching this evening, let your spirit fill their rooms, their homes. And Lord, guide us in your teaching. Uh, Lord, let it, uh, it strengthen us. Let it uh, embolden us. Let us learn. Uh, Lord, let, it, let us use it for personal growth. Uh, Lord, let us be edified. And, uh, uh, and Lord, let us most importantly glorify you. 
Let us be equipped for what we hear. Let it be used for your glory. And let us go out and be witnesses for you. And Lord, we thank you. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So, got a lot going on. You know, you when you look, you know, we get into these studies. You know, it, it, sometimes I have to... Um, uh, I don't want to use the word toned down, but uh, there's so much packed in so many of these verses. You know, we was doing uh, our last study in uh, Titus, and before that we were in Hebrews. And there can be so much uh, richness uh, in these verses that you can spend literally uh, sometimes several weeks uh, just on a few verses, and for the for the sake of time, uh, I kind of cut that down uh, and try to to regulate uh, that into one service, and then try to hit as many as I can for the next service. Those verses, and these these two verses are very very rich, and uh, it's uh, you know you you think well two verses you know how can you extrapolate that much information from two verses, but you'd be surprised how much, uh, you know, that's one great thing about God's word uh, is that, uh, you know, it's, when you dive into that, uh, you know, you're constantly learning something new. Uh, you're always getting something else out of it. You know, uh, not to throw roses on my shoulder, but no stretch of imagination, but this makes, uh, let's see here, uh, the, hold on, let's see. I've been, I've been full-time with the church for, 15 years, hard to believe it's been 15 years. So I have read through the Bible uh, once I, uh, as I really started getting serious about wanting to read through the Bible in its entirety after I was hired on. So I think this makes my um, 14th time, going on 15th time, of reading through the through the Bible entirely. That's why I like, that's why I post that, how to read the Bible in a year, uh, is uh, because it's important. And, you know, and it's not like a book that you read, you know, and you go back like, oh, okay, yeah, I've read this before. You get bored with it. It's, you know, God's word, that's why it's living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing of the soul and the body. You know, it, it is uh, because every time I read it, it's like I, I learn something new, something different uh, because of verses like these that are so rich uh, with information and, and things that uh, that God wants to uh, wants us to know and understand. And that's why it's imperative that we spend that time in the Word and in prayer. This is how God communicates. His love letters to us this is how He talks to us. You know, and, uh, when people say where they're, they're praying about something, looking for answers, you look to God's word, you know, <laughs> you know, there's nine times out of 10, right there is your answer, uh, in God's word. But, you know, when we look at this very first verse, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, you know, uh, Peter had had his problems and, uh, you know, there, there are so many ways that you, that I think all of us can relate to Peter to a certain extent and, um, uh, and his struggles and, uh, uh, and things that he went through and uh, and dealt with, and uh, you know, that's one great thing. That's another great thing about God's word, is the fact that you know, it, unlike a fairy tale, and it's so sad how many people want to call God's word a fairy tale, uh, and because God's word is truth. You know, what we read here are not imaginations. These are these are rooted in truths. Is that you know, unlike a fairy tale, whether these people are. Uh, you know, you know, when you're reading a book about something or somebody, you know, that's it's so uh, glorified and and they're so perfect to a certain extent that you know it, 
there's, there's no way you could ever be like these individuals that you read. You know, be like reading about Captain America or Superman or you know, or, or Zeus or uh, you know uh, Hercules or something. You know, obviously we you could never be like that. But when you read God's Word, because it is truth, you see all the weaknesses and the problems that these people have that we can relate to, and God still used them in a very mighty way. Uh, you know, uh, I, you know, we always take a look at King David. You know, here he was a man after God's own heart, and you know, look, look at what he does. He, he, he murder and adultery and just you know some of the, some heinous things. And, um, uh, of course, he, you know, he had to pay a price, you know, for that. But uh, uh, you see the weaknesses uh, in these mighty men and uh, in women uh, that uh, God used in a very mighty way. And, uh, you know, when you read that, you understand the struggle that these individuals went through. And, you know, it makes it relatable. You know, we can read these things and understand that, you know what, uh, these people uh, were mighty men of God and they had struggles too. You know, I'm not alone. Uh, you know, so it gives you hope. It gives you encouragement. And that's exactly what Peter's doing here is to offer hope and encouragement. You know, and that's one thing that uh, that as a pastor that I want to do is to um, is to encourage. Uh, you know, I don't you know. Some people, some pastors have gifts in a lot of different areas. Some pastors are far more gifted than I am. You know, my dad, he's. Uh, uh, super smart and uh, sing and talented and uh, uh, I'm uh, I, I can't carry two in a bucket so you know but uh, but I feel like one of my um, uh, gifts that God has given me is a spirit of encouragement and that's what I want to do because you know right now in particular uh, of all the times in history you know uh, is uh, I think people need encouragement. People are really down. They're losing jobs. They're losing family members. They're dealing with, um, uh, good evening, Roger Winters. Uh, they're dealing with, uh, here they're dealing with sickness with this COVID. Uh, they're dealing with depression. Their anxiety is all-time high. You know, the election, this whole election fiasco. You know, so much going on. And I feel like people are needing encouragement, if not now, more than ever. You know, it is, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big history buff, and I love history, and I love to, to read it. And uh, sometimes I wish I would have been born uh, back in the, the times of the Old West or, uh, you know, of course, you, nothing's like what you read, you know. Of course, you can read the strict historical what happened, but, you know, you look at the glorification of, of the Old West or the 1950s or something like that. And um, you think, boy, I wish I could have been born in that time. But God has a reason why we're born in the, in the time uh, that we are in. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, Lord... Uh, Put me in this this time frame, and uh, so maybe the Lord's, uh, whether it's me or you, you know, as Christians, you have the responsibility to encourage and to spread the gospel message as well. And not, you know, you don't have to be a pastor to do that. You have a responsibility as Christians as well. And that's one thing, just as Peter is trying to do here to offer encouragement. That is my goal. You know, that's one reason why I do these morning devotions, and and uh, because I want to excite you, I want to encourage you with your walk with Jesus Christ. Man, you got so many, there's so many things out there uh, trying to uh, uh, disparage you as a Christian, uh, and uh, people want to tear you down and make fun of you as a Christian, and uh, and mock you. 
And uh, that's why we have to stand strong now more than ever, to stand bold now more than ever, because we got to we have to be a light in this world of darkness. You know, we've got to be uh, uh, the people who point the direction uh, uh, for the for people to uh, hopefully go into. Say, listen, you know, you're going down the wrong path. They don't want to hear it. Don't want to listen to it. But you've got to tell them uh, the direction they need to go to. So, well, you know, as we look here, as Peter is trying to encourage, okay. We see uh, first here in this very first verse, first, very first verse, say that five times quick, to those who are elect, all right? Now, to those who are elect, boy, now you talk about um, a controversial uh, uh, term there, talking about the elect of Jesus Christ. You know, uh, if to those, to some, that is a controversial topic, but to those uh, who uh, this is referring to, this was encouragement. Uh, you know, the Gentiles were looked down upon, okay? They were, uh, in fact, they were, it was even said that the Gentiles were, were, were used for, uh, to fuel the fires of hell, all right? That's how the, the Gentiles were looked at. But right here, we're looking at the fact that they were chosen, that they are considered the chosen people. And uh, you know, before that was referred to those who were in Israel. But now we're seeing how God's word is, how the gospel is open for everybody to accept and, or to choose to accept uh, and to, to learn and to understand. And, you know, when you understand that you are chosen, all right, when you understand that God chose you, uh, you know, it makes your uh, relationship with Christ that much better. Um, because God chose you for a specific reason and a specific purpose in this world and in this life. And um, some may say, well, that's that's not fair. That's not right. But as God's word said, it says, well, who, who is, how is the clay uh, to question uh, the potter? You know, uh, it is it, God Almighty had the choice to choose some or choose none at all. But he specifically chose some. You know, and uh, and if you, you've heard my uh, my dad maybe use this illustration before, and I've heard others use it as well, that um, you know, uh, when you look at uh, an adoption, you know, you choose uh, that child to be a part of your family. You know, when you uh, uh, have um, uh, children, you know, whatever comes out is what you're stuck with. You know, <laughs> I praise God for my two kids. Uh, they're wonderful, smart, and uh, loving uh, kids, and praise God for them. But they could have easily come out, and, uh, uh, you know, my daughter could have come out and, and acted like my, and looked and acted like my father-in-law. That was my worst fear. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's watching tonight because I love to torment him, and my mother-in-law. But uh, or it could have been worse. She could act like my mother-in-law. But uh, so then you've just been stuck with whatever you got. But it is, uh, uh, of course, you know I'm, I'm teasing. I'm joking around here a little bit. But um, but when you choose a child, you you specifically, you know, that makes that uh, that child that much more, you know, may may feel a little more special because they 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 were chosen out of a group of children, and God chose us. And so, you know, and so the, just as the Gentiles uh, were chosen, all right, we are chosen. You know, for those who are saved, those who, who understand Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, you understand that intimacy, that, that relationship with Jesus Christ uh, that uh, my mother-in-law responded. I knew that was coming. So I'm glad she was watching. Yes. All right. But anyway, 
but, uh, uh, you know, uh, it makes that much more special. Now, some people will say, well, if God already has chosen these individuals, some see that as a hindrance uh, to uh, uh, to to spreading the gospel, to evangelism. But nothing be further from the truth because there are those out there who still need to hear, still need to have that seed planted, that need to have their eyes and ears open. That's why we still pray for those. And, you know, you may say, well, well, how do I know I'm I'm one of the chosen? If you accept Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, you're good, man. You got nothing to worry about. But, um, you know, but there are those out there who still need to be reached, who still need to hear the word of God. And, uh, you know, and there's, you know, you have to be careful. Some people try to say, well, well, you know, particularly when it comes to foreknowledge, you know, they try to say, well, well God knew uh, who was going to be saved. And so that, uh, uh, so that's how, uh, you know, that's how he knew you know, who was going to be the chosen. And it, when you look at that kind of, uh, you know, because God knew us before we were informed in the womb, you know. And so he, uh, uh, it went about foreknowledge. Yes, God is uh, omniscient, omnipresent. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He knows past, present, or future. That's not without dispute. Uh, but he didn't just look in the future and say, oh, well, uh, you know, uh, David's going to be saved. Sharon's going to be saved. Robert's going to be saved. You know, it, it wasn't about that. He knew that was going to happen even for, you know, he didn't have to look at the future to see it because if that's what God had to do, then that means that we had to play a part in our salvation and nothing can be further from the truth. It is a free gift of God, okay? That is a free gift of God. And uh, uh, there's nothing, absolutely nothing uh, that we can do on our own to merit salvation. It is only uh, it is only through uh, through God's mercy uh, that He chose some. It's only through God's mercy that He chose me and He chose you. And uh, and again, there's not, not a thing in the world that you could possibly do uh, to um, uh, to merit to earn uh, that kind of salvation. But um, but we see here though to those who were who are elect exiles of the dispersion now. One thing we see here, we see exiles here, that um, the Jews in particular have been scattered. Uh, Christians have been scattered out, particularly during the time of Nero. Uh, you know, he was, uh, uh, you know, many had lost their homes. Many had been being persecuted. Uh, he would even uh, uh, take Christians and, and, and have them dipped in, in tar and have them lit uh, while they're still alive as torches to light up his his walkway stuff. I mean, they, to persecute them in in vile, horrible ways was was nothing. So there was a, a great scattering uh, of believers throughout the land during this particular time, place in history. And uh, yes, there there's uh, they may have lost homes and they may have went through through trials. Might have done some. May have had to suffer through some very heinous things, uh, but. Uh, God was able to use this scattering, if you will, uh, to, um, uh, to plant uh, individuals where he needed them to be to, to spread the gospel message. Just like a farmer, when he, he scatters the seed out there. In fact, uh, just right here next to me here, uh, I think he's went on, the gentleman there has passed away now. But I remember when we first moved in over here, you'd see us, he was an old, old man, and he, uh, he'd have... Uh, uh, like a sack around his uh, uh, shoulder, and he'd have that seed. And you see him out there after they plowed and after th scattering the seed. Well, that's what uh, Jesus Christ, uh, that's what God was doing, uh, rather. 
uh, to he was scattering them out to plant that seed so that people would come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And, you know, that's one thing, you know, as exiles, you know, they, they were considered strangers in a strange land. There was a, a and particularly in, in Barclay's commentary, now, the validity of what I'm about to say, you know, I've not read of anything that substantiates. Barclay's really good. His commentary is really good. But to substantiate how, how truthful this is, but in his book, he's claiming that Jesus had, an, there was an unspoken saying of Jesus that, uh, particularly when it comes to being strangers in a strange world, uh, to be exiles, uh, it was that um, uh, that the, this world was a bridge, and that uh, a wise man uh, did not use the bridge to to build his home, but to cross it to, to the to the other side. Of course, I'm uh, I am paraphrasing there. It wasn't the exact wording, but it gives you an idea uh, that you know this is just a temporary passing. Till we get to the next world. But while we're here, we have a job. We have a responsibility to spread the gospel message. See, we are strangers. See, we don't condone sin. We don't condone sinful actions. You know, this morning in my devotion, uh, you know, we was talking about, uh, or I was talking about rather uh, in Genesis uh, and, and discussing those things in regards to uh, uh, how God created a man and woman, uh, that we only have one life to live and uh, how the world has perverted what God has created. And, um, you know, it is so sad, you know, used to, uh, it was applauded if you were a Christian, and those who were living a sinful lifestyle was silenced. Now we're seeing the exact opposite. They wanted to force Christians to be silenced, and they want to applaud the sins. And uh, it's so sad. And one, one reason why I brought that up uh, was... Um, the uh, actress uh, Ellen Page, now she wants to be referred to as Elliot Page, uh, and uh, those on underneath some local news stations, uh, they these people that were commenting were applauding uh, this this mental illness, and as uh, it, it is it is a mental illness. You know, somebody says, well, that's that's horrible to say. They can't help. No, you know, there's there's a a, a um, it's called lycanthropy. And uh, we see this by Nebuchadnezzar in you know, the book of Daniel, where he thought he was a cow, and he was eating grass and everything. And, and that's no different than what we're seeing here. These people are mentally ill, and they think that they are something that they are not. They, they, particularly in these news agencies, they're referring to Ellen as a him, and they can call her a him all they want to, but at the end of the day, she's still a woman, <laughs> whether she likes it or not. And one thing, um, uh, in fact, it was on um, Laura Ingram here a few weeks ago, and a woman, she wrote a book in regards to LGBTQ, and uh, that she was coming under uh, scrutiny for this book because she says that it's uh, she's fi the findings are seeing that a lot of these people coming out, if you will, are more social and not uh, so much uh, what they claim to be genetic, which has never ever been proven. It's not genetic. You're not born that way. Even if you feel you're predisposed to that, you are not born that way. You have a choice. And um, uh, but one thing she uses to substantiate that is one, but before now, the majority who claimed to identify with an opposite sex was primarily men. But here recently, there's been an upswing in females and it's the majority uh, that are co supposedly coming out 
or doing it with a friend. And so that's uh, the, the statistics are showing that that is a, um, uh, more of a social issue, not a, uh, not a matter of genetics. And so she is coming under heavy scrutiny. I wish I could remember her name, but uh, maybe if you look up Laura Ingram's uh, website or something, she can, uh, you might be able to define that. But it is, uh, so the point I'm making here, you think, what's that got to do with being exiles and strangers? Well, because we as Christians, because we do not condone sinful lifestyles, and I don't care, and that's one thing I talked about this morning, I don't care if it's gay or straight. All right, there's people out there who are digital pornography, men and women. In fact, statistically, women are are, uh, are are in a higher bracket of viewing porn almost as much as men. And uh, uh, and then so, and if you say, well, well, that's just disgusting, but then you went and seen Fifty Shades of Grey, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, and that right there is about that far from porn. If it is a porn, I didn't I didn't watch it, but I don't have to wallow in the mud with a pig to know it's nasty either. So, you know, uh, so it doesn't matter, you know, uh, whether it's uh, adultery, uh, you know, uh, pornography, whatever, you know, uh, we cannot condone that. And as a Christian, as a child of God, you shouldn't want to condone, condone something like that because why we are separate from this world. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And so that's why those things are in the world we're not going to agree with. We are not, we're going to say that is wrong. And guess what? That's going to go against the, the, the supposed sensibilities of those in the world. They're not want, they don't want to hear that. And they, you know, they, it's kind of like the kid has got their hands over their ears and, and going, nah, 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 you know, don't, <laughs> trying to, to, to override what you're hearing. That's exactly what liberals do. Do they not? Because liberals are by nature, uh, emotional, they don't run on facts. They run on emotion. And so when we try to explain, hey, th why this is wrong, what they will try to do, they try to shout you down. They try to um, go after your job or go do something that tries to hurt you because they can't handle the truth. All right, I sound like Jack Nicholson. You can't handle the truth, but, it's the, but that is true. They can't handle the truth uh, of the matter of, of um, what Christianity stands and what it stands for. And so it, they want to silence us uh, by every stretch of the imagination, and heaven forbid uh, those two jokers uh, that uh, stole the election, all right, are you going to agree or disagree? I don't give a, a rat's um, behind whether you do or not, uh, you know, is clearly uh, the fraud uh, that um, uh, gave these uh, I don't even like to even mention their name, uh, their, uh, <laughs> the, the president-elect, uh, they get in there. I'm telling you right now, they're going to try to use this this virus as a way to shut down churches. They're going to try to go after pastors because uh, they want to silence us. Why do you think they want to uh, normalize deviant behavior? Because they want to, because they know deep down it's wrong, and so they want to normalize it so they feel better about what they're doing. But it is wrong. And so what happens when Christians say something is wrong? You're a bigot. You you believe a book of fairy tales. You you listen to a sky daddy. What do, that's all they want to do is tear down, all right, the things that we know are to be true. And so that's why we have to be, you know, choose your battles wisely. That's why God's word says, argue not lest a fool lest you become like him yourself. There's some there's times when to stand our ground, and there's sometimes just to let it go. There's some people on social media, they just want a platform to run their mouths. And if you notice, a lot of times if somebody starts some bull with me on there, 
Used to, I would debate them back and forth. And it just, it ended up making, you know, it just, like God's word, makes you look like a fool. After a while, you know, it gets you nowhere. I usually, now I try to make my point. If they want to keep coming back, that's on them. All right? It is, um, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and keep fighting with somebody. You know, you can't argue with stupidity. You know, you might say, well, I can't believe as a pastor you would say that. Well, it's true. You, you just, you know, ignorance, you know, what was it the, the old saying is, uh, ignorance can be fixed, but stupid is forever. <laughs> so, you know, there's some things worth fighting about and some things, you know. And if there's something that's just blatant heresy um, or something that just, uh, you know, that I feel is going to really mislead someone who may be uh, naive to the things of the gospel, I may interject something to try to clear that matter up. If they want to keep coming back, man, that's on them. I don't want to sit there and waste, waste time with that. Uh, and sometimes if they start getting on my nerves, I'll just delete their, their comment. If it's on my page, just like I had a woman here not too long ago, she's a liberal, and was blasting Trump, being nasty and belligerent. And uh, when uh, people from the church started um, uh, responding back to her about her attitude and her liberal ideology, she tried to flip the script and say, uh, uh, you know, I, it's just typical of church people attacking me. <laughs> I was like, whoa, no. I said, here you are, all right? You're, you come on my page, all right? You come on my social media. I didn't go on yours. You're the one to start ripping into people of faith. You start ripping into people who um, believed uh, or supported President Trump. And I said, uh, and now you're going to play the victim? I said, no, it don't work that way. And boy, she she got mad. She deleted her comment. Well, on this FLBC online that, that uh, does our live stream, she uh, sent me a message. She said, I can't believe that you would, uh, you know, I'm confused. Why would you de uh, delete my, no, she deleted her comment. So why would you uh, be hateful towards me or something like that, and then invite me to your uh, online. I said, well, first of all, I didn't know I invited you to my online, but I'm glad you got the invitation because that's what you need to listen to and that's what you need to hear. And two, I said, uh, uh, you know, you're sitting here playing a victim when you come on here starting bullying people and you didn't like their response, then you start putting down church people. I'm tired of it, man. I'm tired, sick and tired of these liberals coming on there and just blasting uh, Christians and conservatives and then all of a sudden, when when they don't get when they get the response they don't like, it's like, oh my gosh, look at you! You're so mean and you're so nasty. I mean, come on, knock it off. You know, I get tired of it. I, I, I'm like a lot of you. I'm just I'm, I'm I really have to pray, shoo boy, for my temper and my attitude because I've just I've had a belly full of liberals. I'll just be honest with you. And uh, they showed the ugliness and their their nastiness for uh, four years. And uh, now uh, that they've cheated their way in, uh, they want everybody to get along. Uh, it ain't gonna work that way, you know. Uh, you know, we, well, I need to just call it. But anyway, you know, as Christians, we do need to try to get along with everybody. As Christians, we need to try to show the love of Christ. And as Christians, you know, we have to uh, uh, rise above those kind of things. And I'm trying to have that, that, that Christian uh, attitude and, uh, and and do what's right for the Lord and, and not sink uh, to their level. And it's it's hard not to do that. But my point is, okay, guys, with all that, all right, that's why we are strangers in a strange land. And that's why the, we, they don't get us and we don't get them. 
But that's why we, you know, just like I was talking about in Barclay's book in regards to uh, Jesus supposedly, you know, again, that's not canon, uh, that's not been, uh, you know, certified by church fathers, nothing like that, uh, is that, um, you know, that, you know, this is just a bridge. And we're not here to build our house on the bridge. We're just here to, to get to the world to come. But while we're here, we have a responsibility. And that's the problem with too many pastors, too many Christians who want to remain silent. Why? Because they don't want to be considered judgmental. They don't want to be considered the bigot. They don't want to be considered, because, and it all goes back, they want affirmation from the world. My friends, we are strangers in a strange land. The last thing we need is affirmation from people in the world. What we need is to seek after the glory of God. That's what we need to do. And what we say is going to be offensive. What we say is going to, uh, uh, to, to ruffle feathers, all right? But that's what, like I've said a million times, we need to preach, we have to preach the, the truth in love uh, so that people will understand the need of a Savior. That's the problem. Not enough Christians, not enough pastors are out there preaching the conviction of sins and pointing to the way to the cross because they don't want to offend. The cross is offensive. Do you not understand that? The cross itself is offensive. So you got to get past that. And we've got to stand on the whole word of God. If more people would stand on the whole word of God, the firm foundation of the gospel, you know, and Christians, if Christians would just gather and stand for what is right, imagine the changes that could possibly be made in this country. But as long as we got these milk toast pastors out there, these these weeny little Christians out there, these these Joel Osteen, well. Lack of a spine, people out there, <laughs> with you know the lack of intestinal fortitude. I'm trying to be very nice here. Uh, you know that's why you know uh, we're not seeing changes. And for those who are truly standing for the Word of God, that's why we're blasted because we are the minority. That's the problem here. So you know, so we see that that exiles, okay, we're the strangers of the of the dispersion, all right, uh, that dispersion. Uh, diaspora, if you will, uh, the, again, talking about the scattering of the Jews and Christians, in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. All right, again, going to that foreknowledge, um, try to think uh, a verse. Um, hold on here. Try to, there's a verse. Uh... There's a verse I'm trying to think of. I thought I had it written down here. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Give me just one second. Uh, well, in response to diaspora, that scattering, I do want to read one verse, though. That's Acts chapter 8, verses 3 through 5. Let me read that real quick. Maybe the other verse will come to me that I was thinking of. But Acts chapter 8, verses 3 through 5. Now, Here's another thing I want to, to comment on just real quick here after I read this here. Let me get, uh, come on, pages, Acts chapter 8. I'm about to get there. If I ever get past the uh, 15, the 17, let's see here, X 8. Here we go, 3 and 5. Um, let's see here. Uh, but Saul was ravaging the church, entering the house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Now those who were scattered went about, against we're seeing that word scattered, 
went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ, and the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip, and when they heard him and saw the signs that he did, for unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them, who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in the city. Now, okay, now, emphasis on scattered, obviously. But here's the thing, though. Um, there's a church father who said that. Um, um, let's see here, let me think here. It was, um, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Okay. So, uh, what I'm trying to, my point is wherever the church is being, is being persecuted, uh, the gospel seemed to spread in a mighty way where there is no persecution. There seems to be a loss of interest in the church. And I think that's what we have seen, uh, for several years now, you know, when you look at September 11th, uh, and uh, and how the we were attacked, uh, the nation was attacked, and uh, I remember, you know, we had uh, Freedom Hall and Civic Center. We were uh, the church was meeting there once a month, and it was like uh, the following Sunday or uh, after that happened, Freedom Hall was packed. I mean, absolutely packed with individuals. Churches were packed like crazy. And then over time, people just seemed to, to have lost interest. There seemed to be this apathy. There seemed to be this complacency. Uh, church wasn't important anymore. In fact, this virus has, has hurt churches uh, in a tremendous way uh, in the fact that uh, people have gotten used to sitting at home or watching online, which is fine. You know, uh, like I say, Sunday night, Wednesday night, that's where I do my uh, my teaching or preachings is on Sunday night, Wednesday night, and I do it from uh, from home. Uh, and again, because of my uh, my uh, my immune system is compromised, and I do it for uh, to, to um, keep me any sick, to be quite honest. But um, but we've seen this lack of interest in the church. Why? Because uh, there hasn't really been much of a persecution in the church. Now you know we look at the tribulation. Uh, you may people have different varying views of the tribulation, and you know, uh, uh, me and Dad was talking about this. You know, for three and a half years, almost four years, uh, you know, we've had peace, we've had prosperity. Look at all the things that our president has done. We may be heading into three and a half years of some real persecution. You know, we're seeing some. Uh, you look at uh, Kamala Harris; she is one of the most evil, next to uh, Hillary Clinton. I think she's one of the most evil, vile individuals out there. And uh, we may see some heavy-duty persecution with the church and with pastors. And uh, maybe that's what needs to happen, to rattle some cages, to wake some people up, to realize, hey, I need to get my fanny back in church. I need to wake up, and I need to work on my relationship with Jesus Christ. My friends, I'm just, you know, we are only on this earth for a short time. You know, like I was talking about, it might have been even this morning. I can't believe here I'm, I'll be 48 here in a couple of weeks, uh, December 15th. And um, it blows my mind how 30 years can go by that quick. I mean, it just doesn't seem possible. I mean, I just feel like, I, you know, high school, it's weird. You know, high school almost feels like yesterday, and then sometimes it feels like a lifetime ago, you know. But uh, my wife thinks it's funny uh, that she works with, with teachers and, and people that, uh, uh, like, that, their dads are my age. She thinks that's so funny. So uh, anyway, <laughs> so glad she thinks it's so funny. But it just proves how our life is but a vapor. 
and we are here but just a little time. My, you know, why are we created? We are here to serve Jesus. That is why we are here, is to serve an almighty God. It's not here to compromise with the world. It's not, we're not here to compromise with sin. We're, you know, we are here to serve Jesus. And you better get your head out of the proverbial sand, wake up, and start working on that relationship with Christ. Uh, it's important that we spend that time in the Word. It's important that we spend that time in prayer. We don't need to take these things for granted. We don't need to take our freedom for granted. And, um, you know, I struggle with this mask deal. You know, even though, I, like I said, I have a compromised immune system, I don't get out anymore than I have to. I, if I do, it's, I have to go somewhere to get uh, supplies for, for my business I'm working on or something like that. I go straight there, straight. You know, I don't really, you know, I don't really go anywhere. And so I, my point is, you know, I, I'm with this whole mask thing, you know, sometimes I don't know if it's even worth wearing one or if it's just a, a, an experiment to see how controlling they can be, the government can be of people. I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm really torn on that issue. I really am. And uh, so we need to, uh, uh, was it, um, oh, was it, uh, was it Burke? I want to say Edmund Burke had said, uh, uh, oh, is it uh, to, um, not to compromise on your freedom for a little bit of safety? I can't remember now. My mind's went blank. Um I don't know. Y'all can Google it and figure out what I'm talking about. But, you know, uh, so many people willing to give up uh, our freedoms and uh, so easily. And so we need to, uh, uh, you know, the Bible doesn't refer to America as great of a nation as it is. It doesn't refer to it. And who knows what we may have to deal with. And what I worry about is my children, what they may have to see, what they may have to go through. And um, uh, who knows? But one thing's for sure. The only thing that's going to get us through this world is Jesus Christ. God is the only thing that's going to give us the strength and the power to overcome and to be victorious. Now, according to the foreknowledge we see here of God, you know, again, we're talking about God's foreknowledge, what he he knows what's going to happen. All right. He he can see into the future, he knows what's going to happen. And um and and we need to um I'm sorry, I was trying to read something here at the same time I was talking. because uh, there's uh, there was a point I was wanting to make on foreknowledge, but um Oh, well, if, it was, if that's what God wanted me to hit on, I would have seen it. But it just, you know, God does have that foreknowledge, and uh, he knows what's going to happen. And that's why, you know, that's one thing we can take comfort in is the fact that God is, you know, nothing happens that is a surprise to God. I think that's what I was trying to get at. He knows what's going to happen, obviously. And so, you know, it's not like something in this world happens and God's like, oh gosh, I wasn't expecting that. You know, God knows what's going to happen. So we can take faith in that. We can take strength in that, that God's in control. See, that's our biggest problem with faith. We want to be in control of everything. And when we don't have a control, we get scared. We get tore up. You know, that what could happen in January when these two pieces of excrement gets into office, uh, it is, um, and you know, it can be scary, but we know that God is sovereign. We know that God is in control, and so that uh, well, there's nothing to be afraid of. All right, there's not a thing in the world to be afraid of. That's why you know we look at we we look at the peace of God, and I think we even get into that. Um, uh, yeah, grace and peace be multiplied to you. You know, it goes back to some of my my one of my favorite verses uh, that I've quoted many times, but it gives me great comfort. It's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. For God's like giving us spirit of fear, a bit of power and love and a sound mind. I love that. 
But it got it, you know, as, um, no, I'm sorry. I just gave you Second Timothy 1, 7. Philippians 4, 6, 7 is be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which is past all understanding, regards your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so, uh, you know, I love those those verses because uh, I have to deal with anxiety. And, uh, and and I've had to quote those verses over and over and over again uh, to help me deal uh, with uh, uh, with things and issues I've dealt with. Just, just teaching and preaching, you know, you, just even though I'm in my home, even though I am uh, in my office and I'm doing this online, I still am a nervous wreck. You know, my my daughter, I tell you, I praise God for her. She says, uh, for I preach, she goes, you're going to do good, Daddy. And that uh, that means a lot to me, it really does. And uh, um, and I appreciate that because she knows how, how anxious I get. But I just give it over to God and uh, just pray that his spirit will work through me to minister to those who are listening and watching. I want to, to teach uh, in, in the hopes that whatever the Lord lays in my heart to say will help you in your spiritual growth. But you know, not only does God have that foreknowledge and the sanctification of the spirit. So when we see that sanctification, all right, to be sanctified in the spirit, if you want to write this down, you can look at uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 21 through 22 uh, in regards to this. Uh, but um, it, it happens in, in every believer of salvation. We look at sanctification and how that, uh, uh, that we, you know, some would even say it's positional sanctification because we are set apart uh, from this world. Uh, you can look at, um, well, let's look at a few things here. Um, uh, let's see here. I'm trying to think. Um, let's look at Colossians 1, 12 through 13. I'm trying to think which would be the first, best ones to hit first here. So we're unfortunately running out of, out of time. But uh, Colossians um, 1, 12 through 13. Let me get over here this real quick here. Well, hold on here. I'm trying to... Give me a second here. Sorry. All right, here we go. Colossians 1. Uh, what did I say here? Uh, 12 through 13. Uh, let's see here. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He's delivered us from the domain of the darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. And we also complement that with 1 Thessalonians 4 3. So let me get over here to that just right quick. 1 Thessalonians 4 Three, uh, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Uh, you know, uh, because when we are sanctified, uh, again, where we uh, someone consider that positional sanctification, uh, that um, we, um, uh, as Paul, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, staying from sexual sin, uh, to um, uh, to not be involved with the affairs of the world because we have been uh, been been changed. Uh, we no longer want to be a part of these things. Finally, let's look at uh, Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Uh, Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Hold on here. Philippians 2. Uh, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, that much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So when you're sanctified, all right, when you come to know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, that's when you want to have that obedience for Jesus Christ. As we're seeing here in verse 2, uh, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience 
to Jesus Christ and the, for the sprinkling with his blood. So, um, you know, uh, we look at that sprinkling of his blood as that uh, continual forgiveness, that cleansing, that forgiveness of our sins. Uh, you, know, when, you know, when you look at that uh, spring of the blood, there's there are several issue areas there that you can look at. Uh, one would be uh, the the um, and the Aaronic priesthood, uh, the separation uh, of where he uh, was sprinkling of the blood. Uh, we can see also a cleansing with the lepers. Uh, I'll see here. I think it's Leviticus 14, 1 through 7, I want to say. I don't think it was at Exodus. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, the, was that, uh, uh, they used the, the blood of a bird uh, for that cleansing. So we see that cleansing of sins uh, by the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus, that continual, that continuous sprinkling of the blood. We have that forgiveness. It's not a wonderful thing. Here we're chosen. God continually forgives us and loves us despite our shortcomings and our, and, 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 you know, here I mess up every single day. I know you mess up every single day. It's so easy to get discouraged, but yet God loves us. He continually forgives us. He sanctifies us and eventually we have that final stage of sanctification, of glorification. We become joint heirs to the throne, and we no longer have to deal with the with sin and the shortcomings of this world. And uh, so, you know, praise God for that. And by and may grace and peace be multiplied to you. And the only way you're going to have continual peace is by reading God's word. Is by spending that time in prayer. That's the only way you're going to continually have God's peace and presence of mind and understand his grace and mercy for your life. So my friends, the takeaway tonight, understand you are chosen. Understand that you are forgiven. Understand that you are strangers in this world. But to keep the faith, just as Peter's trying to give offer encouragement to them then, he's giving encouragement to us now that we are should understand that that uh, that that. Uh, that knowing of God, that intimacy with God, that we can be encouraged, that we have been set apart, we have been chosen, we have been sanctified, and one day we'll be glorified. Let us have a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for tonight's teaching and message. Uh, Lord, let it uh, be used for your glory. Help us, Lord Jesus, understand how special we are as Christians. Let us be encouraged by this teaching. And Lord, let us uh, serve you well. Lord, for anyone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, now I saw some comments popping up as I was uh, speaking. Uh, thank you, Miss Sherry. Appreciate your kind words. And, uh, and of course, I... Uh, I've tried to keep my train of thought, so I tried to uh, to respond there at the beginning, but when I get into the main uh, focal point of the message, I don't respond. So let's read a few of those messages. And again, if you are watching and uh, you responded um, on the, the FLPC online or or the church page, like I, I don't see those comments in, in real time, so uh, don't think I'm ignoring you. But uh, let's see here. Um, Let's see where we where where's a good place to start at. Uh, Miss Sherry Humphrey said election was stolen. Yeah, it most definitely stolen. Mister Debray said you're so right about them. I can't have any political or right or wrong subject with some of my family members because they puff up. Yeah, they do. They get mad and uh, show themselves. Uh, Miss Mosier said um, had a young woman tell me that the Bible was written by white male chauvinist. <laughs> uh, I wish I tell you what, Kim. I have had uh, a lot of people tell me that over the years and. Uh, 
nothing be further from the truth. Uh, yes, was it written by men? Yes, it was written by men. Uh, like I said, it didn't puff, pop up out of the out of the air out of nothing. God did use men to write His word, but it was inspired. And uh, uh, and if it was male chauvinist, then why did we have uh, wonderful women of God? Look at Deborah, who became a deacon out of the shame to the men. Uh, you see. Uh, um, uh, women throughout God's word to do wonderful things. And not only, if it was written by male chauvinist, why was God's word, uh, it, it was was uh, revolutionary uh, during, you know, when, when it was written because it allowed women to worship at the temples along with men. No other religion had that. Uh, you know, it, it, it revolutionized on how men are to treat ladies. Uh, that's why we read in Ephesians 5 uh, when I do uh, marital counseling. Men are to love their wives as their own bodies. Uh, and whoever hated their own body, that is to be a, uh, an equal partnership. If it was written by a chauvinist, with chauvinism means, uh, or misogynist means a, a, a hatred for women, nothing be further of truth. God's word glorifies women, so it's quite the opposite. Uh, let's see, Kim also said, uh, time for the church to take a stand, and Robert said, time for revival rev revolution. And uh, Fane said, uh, wait till taxes go sky high. And yeah, really, it will. It, he even said he's going to raise taxes. People still voted for his nut. It's crazy. And uh, so we got a lot of other good comments here. But for sake of time, we'll go ahead and uh, and, and close for this evening. And uh, we'll read this. Uh, I think uh, what Kim wrote here was really good. Um, uh, quote from C.S. Lewis. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one. Gentle slope, soft. Uh-oh, let's see. Uh, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. Uh, C.S. I love his quotes, and nothing will be further be uh, completely true. So, um, I mean, Floyd said, uh, Mr. Rice said, God put them in office for a reason, and and true. Like I said, we don't understand it. God is sovereign, and God is in control, and we got to trust in that and uh, keep the faith. So, thank you, Mr. Rice. Well, guys and gals, I appreciate y'all watching this evening. Hope everybody has a blessed and wonderful week. Lord willing, we'll meet again this coming Sunday. So thanks for watching, and God bless.